Hey everyone, welcome to the Grace Course Podcast. I'm Phil Drysdale and this week we have David Hayward, who most of you won't maybe recognize that name, but you will recognize the name The Naked Pastor, um, who's well known for his very, very funny, thought-provoking and challenging uh cartoons that he posts on Instagram, Facebook, and you'll see them circulating around the internet all the time, or at least I do. Maybe you have to be in a certain bubble to see them, but uh, well worth following over on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Plenty of laughs, plenty of thought-provoking stuff. Anyway, we have a great discussion um, ahead of us, and so let's jump right into it with David Hayward. Dude, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I've been following you for a long, long time. Um, And uh, yeah, I just want to expose people to who you are. And so maybe you could start by just kind of sharing a little bit about who you are uh, and also maybe like what you do, why you do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Just give people who aren't aware of who you are um, just a little bit of a foundation for our conversation. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm self-employed. I work from home and I do what I do online with Naked Pastor and The Lasting Supper, which I guess we're going to talk more about and my books and my courses and so on and so forth. But um, my, my background is uh, very religious. Like I grew up in the church basically. Um, and I ended up going to Bible college. That's where I met my, my wife, Lisa. And I went from there to seminary, Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, where I got my master's in biblical studies. And then I went from there to study my PhD at the University of Toronto. I didn't finish the PhD because um, in fact, I hardly even started it because we got pregnant and things changed. And uh, so I ended up going into a diploma of ministry. And then from there, I went and got ordained in the uh, Presbyterian Church in Canada. And then <clears throat> up to that point, we'd been Pentecostal, Baptist, you name it. Uh, I call myself my own ecumenical movement. I was <laughs> baptized as a baby in the Anglican Church in Canada. But um, I ended up getting ordained in the Presbyterian Church in 1987, I think it was, and served uh, different Presbyterian churches. Um, I got bored with that and ended up moving into the Vineyard Movement, uh, which is, you know, uh, kind of a mixture of evangelical, charismatic, uh, yeah. And so that I guess uh, evangelical in theology and charismatic in experience. Yep. And um, so I, I served uh, in the Vineyard Church for, I don't know, uh, about 15 years. And then in 2010, I left the ministry and, uh, and the church. That was in 2010. Okay. And um, what I mean by leaving the church is I, I visit churches now and then. In fact, yesterday I spoke in a church. Uh, I guess you call it preaching. <laughs> and uh i preached in the church yesterday but uh what i mean is i'm not on any church role it's not a consistent thing for me yeah uh although there there are a few congregations i love and uh that we visit once in a while but they're they're far enough away that it's not something we can do every sunday plus my wife's my wife's a palliative care nurse and she's on shift work so that determines a lot of how our lives look so Yeah. yeah so that now, uh, you know, I left the ministry in 2010. I ended up teaching in a university for about two years. And then um, I left that as well to do what I do now, which is full-time uh, cartoonist, writer, course creator. Sometimes I coach people. Um, and I run an online community called The Lasting Supper. So that's what I do. And I'm so you have your hands full. 
I have and my have, and, yeah. and you have for the best <laughs> amount of decades as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what caused, you know, you say you kind of left um, kind of uh, church, you know, working mm-hmm. within church, um, being involved uh, heavily within churches, moved into kind of doing your own thing, the Naked Pastor, right. Lasting Supper. What, what caused that shift? Was it just the opportunity to, to do the Naked Pastor or was it um, you, you felt no longer particularly called to a specific movement, way of doing things? Like, what did that look like? Well, it wasn't in order to do what I do now. Uh, uh, in fact, <clears throat> it was the disruption of my life that forced me into finding employment or creating it. Right. So okay. uh, I chose to create it. But uh, no, I, I, I left the, the ministry because I, I felt pressured to, to do it. Uh-huh. Um, one of my driving um, uh, forces in my own personal life is, is to uh, be spiritually independent, what I call spiritually independent, and uh, to continue to grow in that spiritual growth and independence and my own personal freedom. And the last church I was a pastor of, which is a vineyard church, was awesome. Uh, it, it was very spacious. You know, I felt I had a lot of room, um, uh, enough room for me to grow and, and to be who I wanted to be, which is so important to me. But uh, I became aware at one point that I had crossed a line okay. <laughs> and, uh, that uh, it, my, the direction I was growing in was just too much of a challenge for the congregation. And we came to an agreement that we were no longer compatible theologically. Sure. And, and so I continued to grow, but I had to do it outside of that context. Sure. And was that, and was that a amicable thing that, that went exactly? It was a very, Correct. yeah, it was, we call it an amicable divorce. Yeah. Of course it, yeah. with the incoming new pastor and everything, it, it, that changed a bit and things went sour, but, uh, and the, you know what, the, now the church closed a few years ago, it no longer wow. exists, which is wow. a, a source of grief for me. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was amicable in the beginning and the leadership and everything we were all, sure. you know, it was painful, but we were all on board and, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I ended up leaving. And, um, so on one hand, I'm no longer, you can't find me inside the church. What a lot of people would say, sure. well, you're not in the church, but I'm still, I still feel like I'm in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I might not be on the same t- exact same team or wear the same Jersey, but I still feel like I'm on the field still playing. And, <laughs> uh, and that to me is I, I'm in a happy place, that, but it can be very annoying to some people because they don't know where to slot me. Right. So. Sure. Yeah. 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 So uh, let, let's let's go into that a bit more because I'm I'm so intrigued because for me uh, my journey has also been very involved in the church. I was in business before, but I ended up getting very involved in church and uh, and ministry. Um, mm-hmm. But over time, and certainly over the last couple of years as well, I find myself growing in my theology, growing in how I perceive God, how I perceive myself, how I perceive humanity, and, mm-hmm. and you find yourself kind of growing outside of the boundaries which have been handed to you, and maybe even the boundaries that you built yourself. Um, right. Possibly oh, yeah, because it was handed to you and you built it. You know, I liked your yeah. recent uh, one that, you know, the cage, the bars that built your cage were the ones, yeah. the expectations people handed to you. So we do that with our theology, right? We've given these expectations, we build a cage for ourselves, and then we find ourselves growing to the point where kind of like there's bits of us poking out the cage in between the bars. 
And mm-hmm. um, how did you find that when you were within the church? Because presumably for you to be stepping over a line here or there, um, you were you were in a place that was, um, uh, I, I don't like to say um, beyond, as in like you've grown further than other people, but you, you've grown in a different place to right. people that right. are surrounded by it. How did you find that tension of, of being, because I know there's lots of listeners to this um, show that are like pastors or leaders that find themselves within something that's quite um, organizationally rigid and they're growing yes. beyond it. Yes. Uh, can, can you talk a bit about like how you found that maybe what, what caused the yeah, absolutely. Uh, to change and that, grow? That's a great, and I think it's a very important question because um, the one analogy I use is a potted plant. Uh, you like, I'm looking over there uh, at a spider plant. Uh, you know, the long green leaves. And uh, when we first got it, it was in a little pot and, you know, the spider plant. But every so often you have to repot it into a bigger pot Mm. and so that it can continue to grow. Now you can't, you have to start small and it feels to that plant, if it had feelings, uh, it would feel sufficient. It'd feel large enough, but it, as it grows, it, it gets root bound and you have to put it into a larger pot. Mm. Then when, you know, again, once it gets root span again, you have to transplant it into a larger pot, et cetera. And I always found myself, um, like I say, I was on my own ecumenical movement. I kept drifting around trying to find the, a pot that would have me first of all, mm. and a pot that felt large enough for me to grow. And the last, like I say, the last church I, th- I was in, I really did expect I would retire there, uh-huh. that, it, that it would be my, you know, the, the final pot <laughs> that I would need to, that I would, could find a home in. But, <coughs> excuse me, um, I obviously got to a place where I no longer fit. And I had to, uh, you know, essentially, it, it's, it's kind of like the matrix. There is no spoon. Uh, there is no box. There is no pot. Mm. I came to that conclusion that there, there is no pot. Uh, I, I am completely and totally free. Now that whole issue of, cro- of growth um, is, is an important one. I used to think of growth as linear. You know, mm. you grow along a continuum and kind of like a snail, you leave a trail behind you and eventually dries up and disappears as, as you leave it behind and you continue along uh, slowly but surely. Or uh, that no longer suffice because what I found is uh, people uh, are rejecting their past or leaving it behind and it it doesn't belong in in who they they are now. So then there's the other kind of uh, model, which we call the stages of faith, let's say, where you grow in stages. The problem with this one, I I found it was that model worked for me, helped me understand my personal growth. It's like James Fowler stages of faith kind of thing. But you, the problem with that model is that you end up looking down on in maybe even a condescending way, your previous stages. And, and this is what I deal with a lot with people. Um, I'm very passionate about helping people grow spiritually and become spiritually independent. And this is one of the things a lot of people deal with is embarrassment Mm. uh, for what they used to believe and the things they used to do. Uh, And, I'm, I, I try to encourage people uh, not to be ashamed, not to be embarrassed. So a new model for me now is I, I call, I think of growth as spatial, where we expand. Yeah. We, we actually do grow and it includes 
everything we were before. Mm. That we don't we don't reject what we were before. It's a part of us. It's kind of like the Jungian integration of all that we are. You know, the dark yeah. side and the the female aspect in my case, and and you know all this kind of thing. Everything's integrated. We individuate as we integrate and assimilate everything that we are and were and and so on. That doesn't mean I believe or uh, in the same way I used to or or do the same things I used to do, but I am not ashamed of that because I mm -hmm. see it as an essential part of my my growth as I expand. I, and I think growth is expansion. Yeah. Um, everything from the universe, which actually is expanding all the way down to the human person who, who I think healthy growth is, is, is an expansion mm. to, and, and it subsumes, let's say everything that we were before, even, even the things that, you know, we can't believe we did it or believed. But, yeah. You know, so I, I think that's, a, in fact, that's what I was sharing yesterday at the church I was speaking at is if, if we can think of our growth in terms of this expansion, it's a mm. lot more gracious and gentle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I don't know if you're familiar with um, spiral dynamics or in, uh, integral theory or something along those lines, but it's yeah, yeah. a yellow stage of that where you suddenly look back and you realize, oh, all these stages where I've been bickering with, you know, regretting my past self, feeling shame about my past self, and demonizing those who are where I used to be, and, and demonizing those that I'll probably end up becoming. And then you yeah. suddenly get to a certain stage yeah. and you go, oh, we're all doing this. Oh, yeah. and it's all pretty helpful considering where we are at the time. And, and it's well, no. Uh, exactly. And because when we integrate, uh, when we, when we um, see and acknowledge and embrace these other aspects of ourselves, mm. um, it helps us to do the same with others. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I can't embrace, uh, let's say, uh, a really right-wing evangelical, let's say, unless I can embrace that aspect of myself. Like, so when people ask me, <clears throat> are you a are you a believer or are you an atheist? Um, I'll say yes, because th those are essential aspects of my who I am, mm. and and because I can embrace that th those seemingly opposing aspects of myself, I can do the same with others. I yeah. I, I have no problem. There's no for me. There's no difference between say an atheist and a believer. Um, and I feel we're all essentially one. And, um, so yeah, I think that's our own personal growth and accepting ourselves as we are helps us create healthier community around yeah. us. Cause I, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, we're probably in similar spaces where a lot of the people that, um, we, we relate to day in, day out are a lot of people that have been very hurt like betrayed, you know, all kinds of terrible stuff that's happened to them through the, the mechanism that is Christianity or the church or whatever you kind of label it. Um, yeah. And in no way do I minimize that because that is happening and it's awful and it's, it's terrible and we need to change that, develop that and things like that. But would you say that um, there is a tendency to swing from one end of the pendulum to the other where um, we end up creating a very dualistic um, dynamic? Because what you're describing there seems like it kind of kills dualism. You know, it kills this kind of like us them mentality because, well, right. I was you, and yeah. in different situations, I still would be you, yeah, um, yeah. or worse, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and and so I think, yeah, I just I'm I'm fascinated by that that mechanism. Do, do you think there's, um, 
I guess what I'm asking is how, how do we how do we see that change? How, how do we bring about that change? You know, you work with the lasting supper. You obviously work with a lot of people that are taking steps outside of um, mm-hmm. what has been to them, traditional Christianity, church, um, mm-hmm. however it would be labeled. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them must be in um, maybe not the most healthy place when they first come to you, I imagine. Would, mm-hmm. would that be safe? I, I, this is mm-hmm. my assumption based on my experience. I don't know if well, it's true of all. Um. So it's always important to me that we try to use compassionate language or mm. language that is inclusive and not so like what, even when we say something like I, I used to be you, mm. that sounds like we've moved. So we progress. Yeah. I'm one <laughs> step beyond you. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm better than you. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to, um, uh, you find the right words to describe where we're at in relationship to others. So that's why I like the, the idea of expansion. Mm. Uh, it, it, it doesn't mean progression. It, it, it means inclusion. And, mm. and uh, the, 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 the larger we can uh, grow to include, the more we can expand to include everything not because you know we're we're so gracious and you know we're so tolerant or things like that it's because actually it's it's an awareness that we are essentially already one and the only thing that seems to separate us is language it's the words we're using yeah ideas and and it's all up here right it's it's just the ideas and the language we're using to articulate these things that seem to divide and separate and you know um, distinguish us Mm. uh which is a valid thing but but this should not take away from the awareness that we're that we're one so it's this expansion to include uh, a universal awareness that we're we're all one it doesn't mean i'm better it just it's just an awareness that Mm. we're we're the same, you know, we're one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and so lasting supper. Yeah. So like with the lasting supper, a lot of people come and, and the unhealthy part is the, um, is the, 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 the self loathing, the, Mm. um, the shame, the, the regret, the guilt, the, uh, feeling, um, feeling trapped, uh, feeling afraid of coming out theologically or, or, you know, gender wise or whatever, Mm -hmm. like in any way, um, that that's the unhealthy part. It's not, you know, um, it's not, you're, you're unhealthy because of the way you, you believe or whatever. It's, it's the, it's, it's all that stuff that has come with, um, the, the shame and everything that's been piled upon them from the churches they've been in or, or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk more about that. So is that what you're, what you mentioned um, this phrase, spiritual independence earlier. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? This, this um, kind of authentically being true mm-hmm. to who you are learning that, that it's okay um, to be me, to be, have my journey, to have my experience. Is that, I, am I putting two and two yeah. together there or is there something more to that or? Yeah. So it's more than okay. It's necessary that we be spiritually mm-hmm. independent. So like Lisa and I, we have a healthy marriage. Um, and we've, we were married very young. She was a teenager and I was like 21 and, you know, we had a lot to learn and we've, we've 
come a long way in learning how to have a healthy relationship. But um, there's, when I say something like spiritual independence, it, it gets a lot of people's back up because they think I'm talking about being alone, mm. being separated from others. Uh, that's not what I mean at all. What I mean by spiritual independence is, is that we're not codependent, mm. uh, that we're not, you know, I can't live without you kind of uh, unhealthiness, you know, um, that we're uh, two individuals who are um, independent, and we voluntarily come together uh, in a relationship because we want to, we choose to be interdependent mm. rather than codependent. So this is what um, I am, uh, insist on with, with others is that we, because when we've grown up in the church, we've, we've basically learned how to be codependent. Um, I can't leave. I have to stay. I have to surrender so much and turn off so much of myself and keep a lot of myself hidden in order to conform mm. in order to fit in in order to belong in order to be accepted. And, uh, you know, but a healthy relationship is where I can be authentic and, yeah. and, uh, where I can experiment and being me and the, my partner learns how to change and adapt and accept and, and grow in our mm. mutual um, self-awareness and, and the awareness of others. So this is what the lasting supper is about. Yeah. And by the way, for the people who are listening, the lasting supper.com is, is my online community where we just pr- try to provide a safe space for people to vent and learn how to, uh, get out of, uh, belief traps, church mm-hmm. traps in order to learn how to be, um, authentic and real and raw and, and, and um, and learn how to believe what they want to believe without the threat of being corrected or rejected or rebuked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the result is we have a very diverse community of people, anywhere from church-going believers to atheists. Mm-hmm. And because our value is um, mutual respect and yeah. that the the acknowledgement that we're one, uh, but. And we're not going to let ideas or words try to blind us to that oneness, that unity. So that's really good. Okay. So so as someone that's leading a community like that, I mean, you must come across so many different people all going through very similar things in very unique ways, I imagine. Oh yeah. Um, So what are the, um, if you could kind of like take a step back and look at it from like a bird's eye view and go, huh, that's really key or that's really, what are the, some of the big things that you've seen looking at so many different people's lives, changing, growing, developing, growing on this journey, um, expanding, uh, it would be better language and journey. <coughs> so much connotation with that, like you said, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the big obstacles that hold people back from, from, from expanding, from moving on, from developing, from getting more of that spiritual independence? What, what do you think some of those, big obstacles are, and then maybe what are some of the key things that you've seen that have helped them kind of shed those obstacles? Okay, well, I'd say the bottom line is fear. So, and and there's different fears. So let's take an example of hell. Um, If people are saying, you know, I'm having a hard time believing in a literal hell, but they, and I, I remember this myself, lying in bed in the darkness of night, sweating bullets because you're afraid you're going to go to this place you no longer believe in because you don't believe in it. You know, it's like that. It's terrifying to 
you know, and terrifying to question, is there really a God? You know, was there a historical Christ? You know, all these things. It's, it's really, uh, it's kind of like the Jenga tower, the Jenga block tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just take one of them out, the whole, your whole theological construct can tumble and crash and burn, you know, and, and for many people, uh, that's a very, very terrifying, traumatic experience. Um, mm. Because your mind really is having to rewire itself. Uh, people underestimate, so many people underestimate the trauma of the changing of beliefs. Because it's not like, you know, some people say, oh, come on, it's like you don't believe in sand anymore. It's no big deal. Or you don't believe in unicorns, like no big deal. Uh, but it is a big deal when it, it was the uh, framework of your whole yeah. thought processes and your your whole life was controlled by this whole it's a massive paradigm. existential crisis right because my it's existence is yeah. wrapped up in this and i'm just absolutely yeah, so how do i exist now in this what do i exist yeah. in? so yeah. like you know you don't believe in santa well that that's a little thing like what do you do now about christmas and yeah. presents that ruined december but, that, you know. but like yeah <laughs> but, but when you start questioning your belief in God or the existence of hell and is the Bible really God's word and was there really a Jesus and all this kind of stuff that because your whole life has been controlled by this theology and it it determined how you thought about everything from what you ate to how you had sex to who you could marry to who you could hang out with to how you could make money to how you could talk to everything was controlled by this entire paradigm. And, and so it's, it is a real traumatic transition for many people to go through. And um, I just encourage people <coughs> to buckle in and enjoy the ride. Like you, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to freak you out, but you will get to the other place where I wrote a whole book about this. Actually uh, questions are the answer, the importance of questions to uh, actually bring you to a place of peace mm-hmm. and contentment. The other big factor Oh, you asked about the words I view. What are some yeah. of the big things? The other one is family mm. and, and relationships. So this is one of the biggest obstacles to people uh, coming out or going or changing, right? Like, cause, yeah. cause if you, if you think I want to be me, the only thing stopping you, the only thing really stopping you is what are other people going to think? How are they going to react? If everybody around you was like, you know, be you, be you, you, we're, we're with you 100%. You be you, you be authentic. More people would do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, so that's the big, big, big thing is, yeah. and that's the one thing we talk about a lot is, you know, I'm going home for Thanksgiving. What am I going to do? You know, and you know, they start asking yeah. me questions or pressuring me to go to church or all this kind of stuff. Or another, another one tragic too is spouses. When one, mm-hmm. one of the spouses starts to deconstruct or change their beliefs or wants to change their relationship to the church or whatever, it's really, really, really disruptive. And I see a lot of marriages crash and burn uh, because you know they just don't know how to navigate those really treacherous waters. So mm-hmm. um, that's something I try to help people with. My wife and I. We had a hard time for a couple of years, man. It was like we almost didn't make it. You know, it was really, really tough. We just chose to hang in there until we had clarity and the clarity came. But it's a long, difficult haul. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's what a lot of people deal with, with when they deconstruct is the yeah. actual 
uh, mental torment and the relational torment that uh, yeah. they have to go through. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrific. And I, I see it all the time in people. Um, one of the big things you see is people change and the community they're within, whether it's their family, whether it's their church, whether it's, you know, whatever, these mm-hmm. relationships have been established largely on we all think similar things. We all believe similar things. And, exactly. and so you, you, you expand and you, you include that and you go, yeah, I'm okay with you believing those certain things. I don't really believe that anymore, though. And the problem is while you're still embracing your family, you still embrace your community. You might have some hurts and pains to work through based on some of the things that have been believed. Um, But you embrace that, but you quickly find out in many cases, they no longer embrace you the way that you need, you know, to be, to be loved. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, what what would you advise? How how would you, how do you um, navigate that with people that are going through it and they just don't have anywhere to turn, you know, they, they do have their family turned. I, I've, I've got a couple of different people that I'm working with just now that have been members of churches, leaders of churches, they've got family and everyone's just gone. You are out, man. You are like, not okay. This is not okay. Some of them have gone like, you know, right off the deep ends, quote unquote, you know, some have done some of the smallest things ever. And you're like, wow, that was the thing that, you know, caused your mom and dad to you know, draw a line. It's like, what? Um, I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine that. And I've experienced that to certain degrees with different, um, groups and things like that. Um, but I've always had some people around me to kind of keep me a little sane. Um, but for people that are, they're, they're completely disconnected. And I know there's things like, you know, I've got a partners group for people that are partnering with me where we communicate and we we share and we do video conference calls once in a while. And you've got last Mm -hmm. time there are online communities, but there's nothing like sitting down, having dinner and crying and laughing with friends, you know, like, how, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you go through that? How do you process? Do you, do you have any sort of like words of wisdom in, in how to navigate those kind of, uh, that kind of experience? Well, Mostly selfishly <laughs> asked because I need those words of wisdom to give to other people as well. I mean, it's like, it's, no, it's unbelievable pain. Yeah, it is. That's the big one. Um, so I write a weekly letter to the lasting supper members and, um, that's one thing I address a lot, just practical advice on, you know, when, when people leave, like when we left the church, we weren't aware of it at the time. Mm. I didn't just leave my salary and my vocation as a pastor and Lisa and I being a team. And cause we really did work together and our leadership team spouses were, came as well. And, and, and we didn't leave, we left, the sense of meaning and purpose in our lives and destiny. Uh, but the, I think the most difficult thing that we left, we weren't really aware of it at the time was community. Mm-hmm. I think that's a church's greatest asset. Often it's abused, but it's its grace, greatest asset is mm-hmm. community. I mean, you can walk into a church and if a church is any half healthy and functioning, you're, you're handed on a platter a whole network of people and events and it's, it's amazing. And a lot of people walk away from that and are in no man's land. I mean, there's nothing that they, they walk and that's what happened to Lisa and I, we've lost our friends and we lost that community, that sense of connection. And we had to, we had to actually sit down and plan like, you know, we don't want to end up, old and lonely like seriously we got to figure something out so we had to redefine what community looked like for us and how we were going to do it we we had to actually pursue 
people, mm. <laughs> you know, to establish some kind of friendship and, um, you know, and then we had to reanalyze, you know, this, this sort of um, intense emotional uh, rawness that we experienced in the church. Was that real? Was that even healthy? You know, mm. is that even normal? But most people, uh, that's a whole other topic. We, we don't need to go there. But so that, that's one of the things I deal with with a lot of people is, okay, yeah. here's what Lisa and I did to make new friends. And, and you know, it's taken years. Yeah. And 2010, nine years later, we now have a bunch of friends that we can call on. We can get together with. We're, we're busy with friends now. Yeah. And we've redefined what community means. Mm. You know, we don't, it doesn't mean, you know, uh, metaphorically getting naked with other people spiritually and exposing yourself and, and getting all raw and, you know, confessional and you know, all this stuff. So it's, it's, it is very, very different. Now, having said that, we just visited a church yesterday and the pastor and his wife there, they're very lovely people. We have history because they're vineyard pastors as well. Mm. We have a lot of history. We can talk about stuff that, you know, we've all been through and, and everything. And that's really lovely for us and, and rare because there's, there's just not a lot of people who, you know, when you, when you, I don't know about you, but when you talk about people, uh, when you talk with people about stuff you went through and a lot mm -hmm. of TLSers, the lasting supper people, a lot of TLSers experience the same thing when they share some of their stories, yeah. people look at them like, what the, f you know? Yeah. You Have you been reading like, my journal? <laughs> Seriously? It's, it's like, they can't believe. And yeah. So I said, just watch some of those um, documentaries on Netflix about cults and you'll get an idea. <sighs> Oh man! Not ne not that necessarily we were in a cult, but it's no. those same kind of values. Those cultic ideas, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's yeah. some fascinating stuff that we. It me, is fascinating. My, me and my wife love watching those things. We watched um, the, the Path on Amazon was a phenomenal TV show. Um, it oh, got canned in the middle of season three, but you've got to watch it, and it's all about the a, path. The path, really good show. Great. Okay, I mean, it's not, um, who who played Jesse in Breaking Bad? Aaron. Oh, whatever his name is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh. The, yeah. I remember that. And and uh, the woman, um, uh, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of great people. It was great, but the, and we watched that cult show on Netflix, the Wild West Country. Oh I, my yeah, gosh, that's what I'm talking about. Documentary. And thing. so, so some of these documentaries. There's another one um, CNN did about the guy in Hawaii. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> what they interview these people that used to be in the cult, and they're like, they were literally being raped and yeah. and like oh, like Horrific. like crazy ideas and stupid stuff, like just unbelievable. But they're all crying because they missed that sense of community that they had. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. in that one, the Wild West one or whatever, yeah. they were like they're they're crying because they missed that sense yeah. of community that they had. And, and Lisa and I have felt the same way. It's like we. Yeah. We really long, but we've now begun to wonder. <coughs> maybe those come together. Mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. really deep sense of connection. Yeah. Maybe what comes with that is control and the loss mm -hmm. of self. You know, and and all these things. That, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, 
And yeah. no, I can't, I can't help watch this. I always turn to my wife and I laugh and I'm like, let's start a cult. They look so great. You know, from the beginning, <laughs> we get too close. They look great in this community. You know, we're all living in this. I, I always joke, like when people say, what's the ideal scenario like, of what you think church is? And I'm like, I don't know if you watch this TV show, Friends, but you, oh, yeah. you live in the same building. You kind of wander over, you open the door, you go into the fridge. Oh, hey, how's your day going? Like, you just do life together. And sometimes it's like, hey, go busy. But, you know, it's life. It's constantly yeah. like doing life together, enjoying, having fun. But you're right. It's, it's, it can be a hotbed. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what's fascinating to me is church gives you this, this community. You know, you should get, it's handed to you on a fire. And some people are not as well equipped to make their own community as well. You know, that's one of the beauties of church as well is you have people in that community that you just wouldn't hang out with otherwise. You know, you go, oh, that guy, he's the weird, crazy guy that I probably wouldn't be <laughs> right. if I was not in a church, you know? Right, um, right. And, and some of us are that weird, crazy guy. I'm probably that weird, crazy guy that most people wouldn't invite around, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm thankful for the church when it just hands me this, like, system. Um, yeah. But the thing is, you know, when you take a step out and you go, okay, so I'm not particularly identifying by those group, uh, those groups of beliefs and things, and so I don't really belong in that environment. So now I'm completely alone. I have no idea how to identify because there's not a there's not a local community for all the people that don't believe X, Y, and Z, or who do believe this new set of paradigms. Um, and that the thing is, there are probably numerous people on your street that are, you know may have come out of religion, come out of some sort of experience, but yep. there's not a common thing that can kind of connect us uh, locally, at least. You know, I think we have these great online things. Um, That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem with. Um uh ex-church members let's say for example or people who deconstruct they're like i compare us to refugees who mm -hmm. who've left their home country because it was uh threatening their lives spiritual lives emotional lives yeah whatever and they are just they just head out and there's no like like a refugee there's there's no way to gather there there's nowhere to gather uh and you're kind of left on your own with no resources um mm -hmm. and you have to just keep traveling until you find a place that accepts you or a place where you can call your call your home mm -hmm. and uh so yeah spiritual refugees is what i i call them and um uh i that's what the lasting supper is i just and, and the unique thing about the Lasting Supper is we don't have uh, a statement of faith or anything like that. In fact, our one of our values is you need to figure out what you want to believe. Uh, and mm. we're going to give you the space to figure that out. Yeah. And um, we're not going to try to correct you or instruct you or anything. It's on, You're on your own. In fact, our tagline is help yourself. Um, mm. And uh, because that's we haven't been helping ourselves. In the church, we've been served. And we've had to digest what we've been served. And uh, I think spiritual independence, a healthy spiritual independence is where we learn to help ourselves. Yeah. And um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really, really good. I think that's such a huge thing, learning to like develop those that have the freedom and, and feeling safe enough to do it as well. Like almost being given permission, <laughs> you know, cause yeah, I think it is scary. scary thing. It um, is very scary grown up in that environment where like there is a, a set right way to do things, you know, and I was talking yeah. recently and they were talking about how in the past their church never, um, you know, disagreed over beliefs and now they disagree a lot more. And, and when we start to look at it a bit closer, it was like, no, they did disagree over beliefs. It was just, there was someone 
who came down and said, right, okay, there's a disagreement about this. Well, this is the right thing. And everyone just kind of believed that now. <laughs> uh, whereas now there wasn't that, 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 that authoritarian scenario within this particular community that I'm talking about. And yeah. so um, the, the, the disagreements were much more obvious because no one was coming in going, here's how we end this conversation. The Bible says X or I say X. Um, yeah. It was a, well, I don't know. Like, you know, why don't you keep talking? <laughs> um, and that's a, yeah. a, a real problematic thing for some people who haven't learned that, that discipline. And some people just aren't in that place either. And that, that's okay. You know, they, they are in a place where they need something a bit more um, formed for them to work with. Right, right, right. Um, right. And so, yeah, I don't mean to demonize that even, you know, if, if people are in that place, that's okay. Um, but it is really... But you don't want to get stuck there. Like I've actually had people sit down when I was a pastor and say to me, we pay you to tell us what to think. You know, so like you're disappointing us. And yeah. so it's uh, when you're trying to release people, freedom is a scary thing. And, it's, mm. and when it's seen in a congregation or a community, it, it appears chaotic. But I think it's a healthy chaos. Yep. Like it's a creative chaos. And when people are allowed to be independent and individual and distinctive, and when you have that kind of diversity in a community, my observations and experience is that it's very creative. There's mm -hmm. a lot of energy there. And, um, that, and that's what we experienced at the Last Week Supper, and I'm sure there's other communities that do as well. Uh, it's, but it's, it's not an easy thing. And a lot of, a lot of people, like I was just talking with the pastor yesterday, a lot of people presume because you're, uh, you're hands off with the people in the congregation, mm -hmm. a lot of people presume that's easy. It's kind of laissez-faire, you know, uh, you're not really driving the church towards its vision, you know, when in fact it's much more difficult because you're dealing yeah. with real emotions and real questions mm -hmm. and uh, helping people learn how to live free and independent. And, you know, it's much, much more difficult, much, much more chaotic, but like I say, much more creative yeah. and dynamic and authentic. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I've seen this a lot over the, over the years. You know, I used to talk a lot about helping pastors kind of give their, their congregants freedom, expose them to grace, you know, try and remove that, that kind of like, this is how it has to be. This needs to the laws. This is how you need to be. Um, and there was a fear for pastors of like, well, won't people just do what they want? And, and they didn't yeah. get that connection of you, your, your, your statement that you're making there is you don't want people to do what they want. Um, now that's maybe, you know, if there's a rapist in the community, you know, on some level, yeah, you're like, of course, yeah. I, get, I get what yeah. you're saying. But like at the end of the day, you have a rapist in community. And the only reason he's not raping people is because you've given them a rule. That's not healthy. You know, so yeah. can we maybe create some sort of framework in which that person now feels free to come forward and go, hey, this is where I'm at, I need help, <laughs> right? Yeah, the um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's all the these bondages, line. everything's just buried, right? It becomes the whitewashed tomb that Jesus talks about, right? It's like, it's all deep down, but no one gets to see it. And is yeah. that a healthy community? Is that a community of, that anyone really wants to be a part of, where we, none right. of us feel free to be ourselves? None of us are actually growing. We're just, you know, walking in what's been handed to us. And, um, yeah. yeah, so that, that has to be, like, like when somebody says, no rules, like, and there's no statement of faith or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, the bottom line is we don't, we don't want to hurt people. People don't get hurt. Okay. And so there's ways to ensure that that doesn't happen. So that, and that's the biggest question. This is a, not just a religious, spiritual, 
church question, but it's been a political one for centuries. Yeah. How, how can I be free without violating the freedom of somebody else? Yeah. That's bottom line. That's the question. And, it, and if a community is wrestling with that question, then it's on its way to, to being an authentic community. Wow. It, how can I be free without violating the freedom of somebody else? That's mm -hmm. the experiment. And um, if, if churches are willing to experiment with that, then they'll, yeah, there's going to be mistakes. Some people are going to get hurt, you know, on all that. But it's, it's, this, is, this is how families, a healthy family operates. This is how our family operates. We raise our kids to be independent, authentic human beings and mm -hmm. to live free. But you learn, well, my freedom in this case violated her freedom. So I, that's something I shouldn't do because I care, <laughs> right? So it's, it's the same thing with a church community. It's just learning how to be free without violating somebody else's freedom yeah. and invading their space or whatever. Okay. Yeah, well, let's wrap up um, with just one last question on that. Um, you know, I, I'm really intrigued by talking about the church itself and, and, and its current form. And I use the church quite loosely, maybe not as the entire body of people, but maybe all these various denominations and, and movements yeah. and organizations. But, um, you know, a lot of people, I, I've told quite a few people, I'm, I'm interviewing this guy, I'm talking to Lincoln Pastor, like, yeah, I love that guy, you know. Like, um, and, but it's been a couple of people who've gone, oh, the guy who hates church. Um, and, and I was like, yeah. oh, I've never kind of, that's not my perception of you, but I think we all see things through our different lenses, don't we? And so, um, yeah. and, 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 and I'm intrigued by that. And, and I'm intrigued by um, how do you see the church? Whatever, it's hard because that has such, it's such a loaded phrase, the church, what it could mean or, mm -hmm. or whatever. But I just mean, do, you know, you talk about there, the church, if it can do this, then it's, got, it's in a great place. And do you, see, do you see a lot of hope still for the church? I know you, you talk about, Often the church is um, often the, the mechanism that closes Jesus out. It's the mechanism that, that pushes people who need Jesus the most away from Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, um, but, but do you see uh, the church as, as something that can be um, healthy and redeemed and good and, and pure? You know, um, Maybe yeah. for those people that, that, that uh, do see that different side of you, that they see you as maybe an, almost an aggressor of where they're at. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, if I have to say, I don't hate the church, then I'm already in trouble, <laughs> right? So, uh, but like, you know, like I just said earlier, I spoke at one yesterday as a church I love because I feel they are open-handed about everything. Yeah. And uh, that's the way I spoke yesterday. I spoke open-handed. I shared some cartoons. I shared what my thoughts about freedom. I shared my thoughts about growth spiritual independence, all this kind of thing. And people came up after and said, that's what I do love about this place is that it's open-handed. I, I don't feel any pressure to believe anything. I don't feel any pressure to be anything. And, and, uh, you know, and yet they come and expose themselves to this dynamic, you know, and um, they help themselves. So it's like a buffet. You take what you want and you take, don't take what you don't want. Mm. And, I, I love the church too much, maybe. Uh, like, I, I've, in fact, I've had some people who've gone full-on atheist, uh, friends of mine, and they're like, why do you still care? You know, keep mm. talking about the church. and Like, give it up. Give it a rest. <laughs> like, they think I'm still sort of uh, neurotically hanging on to something I can't let go of. 
Well, it's because I care. It's because I, I think people should have the right to believe what they want to believe and that they should have the right to gather together with other people yeah. they want to get together with. But please, for God's sake, can we do it in a healthy manner? <laughs> so like, this is all I care about. This is like, I, I, I really do believe people should have the right to believe what they want and that they should have the right to gather. But I have a lot of ideas on how you can do that in a healthy manner. And I have a lot of ideas about how, you know, a lot of cartoons that criticize the unhealthiness of mm -hmm. what church yeah. does. And, you know, it's like, I'm not calling myself a prophet or anything, but a lot of people could say the same things about prophets. Like, yeah, that guy sure hates Israel right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that they hate them. It's that they care too much. And yeah. I think that's my problem is I do care a lot. I care a lot about community, healthy community and the people's right to believe what they want to believe and spiritual yeah. independence. Um, you know, one of, one of the most uh, interesting uh, revelations, shall we call it, like an eye-opening experience is what I mean. I don't mean a revelation like from heaven. I, I mean a, like an eye-opening experience was when uh, uh, my son uh, was doing um, coaching, uh, life coaching, and there was a wellness expo uh, in a big auditorium. And... I don't, I don't know, uh, in the UK, an expo is like just a huge gathering place for businesses, sure. but it was all wellness. So it was all new age, kind of like uh, woo-woo stuff. So there was like people with crystals and people with wands, people with essential oils and people with, <coughs> you name it. It was just yeah. all there. And I was helping my son set up his booth and everything. And and I met some of the most incredible people. <laughs> and we'd go out for lunch and then we'd go out for supper. And we'd just talk. And it was like, just the, just the knowledge that, you know, we're on, we're one. Mm. And they're thinking wacky shit that I would never think. <laughs> but I felt at one with them. And, and uh, you know, it's just their ideas. I'm not going to let their ideas and their words, their language, mm. give illusion me into thinking that we're different or that we're not united at a deep and fundamental level. Yeah. So that's what for me, the church is. I, yeah. I don't, if we can provide a safe place for people to, to grow the way they want to grow that I've, and I'm, I've proven it myself. I've experimented with it. If you provide people the time and the space, they will heal themselves. Mm. They will grow. And, and that's what church promises to provide. If only it would consistently wow. yeah yeah oh that's good that's really good i like that and hopefully uh well who knows i think sometimes like you said once they're in a if you're already defending yourself good good yeah. luck yeah. <laughs> but you know that's yeah that's good. i yeah, really appreciate true. that David. so people um i mean i i am going to be amazed if people are listening to this podcast and they follow me i am going to be amazed if they're not already following you because i post at least one of your cartoons every week and i that's me holding myself back so i don't get like at some point like you know put switched off like instagram or twitter for like copyright or something you know i'm just basically a, a oh, mirror, oh, oh, no, mirror no. account for you or something at some point no share away <laughs> share away i love it um, i made a choice years ago either I'm going to try to force everybody to go to my website. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm going to let my stuff get out there. Just get to them. <laughs> so I, I chose, you, or you just go everywhere. Yeah. I no, chose the, uh, the second one, just that's, like prolific, 
proliferate. So that's what's yeah. happening. And it has. I mean, you are, yeah. you are everywhere. At least, if, I don't know, maybe we're all in a little bit of a bubble, but I mean, it feels like everywhere <laughs> I turn, there's your cartoon. <laughs> but you no, know, so people want to check you out. They want to see more of your stuff. They want to see your cartoons. Um, you mentioned The Lasting Supper. It's thelastingsupper.com. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So and then nakedpastor.com. Yeah. I mean, nakedpastor.com, you got all your, um, your comics and, you know, little, yep. uh, um, commentaries on those often. And, yes, um, yeah. yeah, the last thing supper guys, if you're listening to this, please, please check it out. You know, that is going to be great if you're in a similar place to, you know, what we've been talking about. Um, yep. what, what else? Instagram and Twitter. Are you just at, at, at everywhere pastor on all yeah. of them, right? Naked pastor on everything. Yeah. Dude, you got that good. You know, you, you got in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Awesome. I have a lot of fun. Oh, and I meet great. a lot of interesting people like you and your listeners and stuff. Like it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the cool thing about this whole deconstruction thing. When I started the last example back in 2012, it was kind of strange. Mm. But, but now, seven years later, it's like, it's, it's everywhere. Like there, there's a lot of communities out there, a lot of people deconstructing. There's podcasts yeah. around it. There's, books about it, you know, so it's, uh, and it's fun meeting up with, with other people. I'm friends, you know, and acquainted with people all around the world. And mm. I'm confident I can go to almost any country and run into somebody who, yeah. you know, I'll feel a kindred spirit with. So it's, yeah. it's really cool. That's it. And I think that's something seriously to take away from this. If people are listening is you are not alone. There is that's right. no yeah. doubt that, you know, people send me messages with some of the most crazy stories you know all sorts of different yeah. stuff that's happened to them or their faith their progress and they go you know like i'm so sorry to like unload this i know i'm just totally crazy and i you know help me or whatever and i'm like first things first you are not crazy you are not alone like this is if you maybe you are crazy but we're all crazy then because you know this is not a, a unique one-off situation i think so many people are going through this and, that's that's um, what happens yeah. on the last week's supper a lot of new members are like oh my god i'm <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy. Like, and it's totally validating yeah. to realize oh, absolutely you are affirmed in your striving to be independent. You know, yeah, it's really cool. No, absolutely. Um, no, thank you so much for all you're doing. Um, I know just for thank me, you. you really blessed me so much through your comics and stuff with me sharing. I know you blessed many other people. Um, but awesome. I just really appreciate you making a, a safe space for people and, and creating room for people to to grow, to develop, to be yeah. loved and understand yeah. they're loved and go yeah. out loving from that. And yeah, it's really great. I really appreciate making the time to chat as well. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks very much. Good to be with you. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, David Hayward. What a great guy. He's so wise. I tell you, man, I came away from that just thinking I have been so blessed talking to him, just challenged profoundly in how I um, interact how how I use my my words um, to facilitate inclusion to um, bring wholeness and healing to myself but also to those around me as well um, and what a great work he's doing and so yeah I do check do encourage you to check out his um, his websites the naked uh, nakedpastor.com and the lastingsupper.com um, a great community there to to get involved with if if a lot of what he was talking about resonates with you. Um, and yeah, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Naked Pastor. Um, there's links over on uh, The Grace Course. If you head over to thegracecourse.com, you can watch 
um, this and all other interviews I've done as well as um, find lots of other teaching all for free um, you can uh, dive in there but there's all the the notes from this show of links and things like that you'll be able to find over there as well if um, if you didn't quite uh, follow what you need to type into your URL by bar um, and if you want to support what I'm doing and help facilitate um, all this stuff being free forever I never charge for anything um, you can become a partner of the grace course over there as well the grace course.com and uh, one of the side effects is that you do get the benefit of being part of our Facebook group which um, is a kind of mini sized lasting supper a small group of people that um, just get together and chat and share and, and and ask questions of one another and 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 just process together as we all go on a journey um, and obviously we have a monthly partners call as well where we have a, a discussion in person on video and yeah it's great but most of all it just helps keep everything that I'm doing free um, and if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Please, anyway, head to thegracecourse.com, head to phildrysdale.com and enjoy everything that I'm doing. Um, there's never any obligation to, to give or anything like that. Anyway, until next time, be blessed. You are loved um, so, so much. I pray that you know just how loved you are and you feel the freedom to walk in that love. Much love to you, my friend.